Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast from San Jacinto Assembly of God in Amarillo, Texas. If you'd like to know more about our church, visit us online at www.sjag.church. Now here's this week's message. Last week I started a, a series titled The Joy of Christmas. And I spoke of the Song of Simeon and of the how he had expressed the joy that was all wrapped up in this Christmas baby, uh, Jesus, on that Christmas day. And I spoke of the fact that Jesus became peace and Jesus became reality and Jesus became all an all-inclusive opportunity for everyone. And aren't you glad that he's an all-inclusive opportunity that people can come to know him as Lord? And then Jesus became that revealing light and also he became the glory of Israel. And so I preached that last week. If you didn't listen to it, you can go online and you can find it on our website. But this week I'm going to be looking at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14, and that's where I want to read at this morning. It says, Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. There again, that all-inclusive opportunity we find. And here it says, To be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you this morning. We praise you. Lord, again, we thank you for your presence here this morning in this house and in this place, God. And Lord, we pray that as the preaching of the word begins here, Lord, that your presence will continue, but not only continue, but may it multiply, God, into our hearts this morning, Lord, to receive the message, God, and to receive your word in it, for your word is what changes our lives. And, and Father, I pray for that anointing, God, that unction from heaven, and I pray that you touch each one of our hearts. And everybody said... Amen. You may be seated this morning. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, which we went through a few weeks back on Wednesday night, while explaining about the resurrected body, how many know we're going to have a, a, a tremendous, wonderful body when we're resurrected? And while Paul was trying to explain that very thing, Paul points out that there are heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. And he tries to explain all these things while he's trying to explain the fact that we will have a resurrected body and trying to make this all fit together. In this passage, we have both being listed. We have a heavenly body and then we have the earthly bodies. The very thing that Paul was speaking about in 1 Corinthians. We have an angel, and then later on the same passage of Scripture, we have a host of heaven, which is literally tens and tens of thousands of angels. I just don't think we can really get in our mind how many helpers God has in His kingdom. I think it's going to blow our mind away when we see the army of God. I think that when we look and get that spiritual picture of tens and tens of thousands, the Lord says, could I have not called them to come and take me off the cross? 
You know, nobody could have kept them from doing that. Because that is the host of heaven. It's just thousands upon thousands of angels that we'll see later. And those are heavenly beings that we speak of. Literally in this passage that we look at this morning, the invisible world, or spiritual world as many would call it, has become visible to the earthly. They have literally been able to see into that invisible world. Do you believe this morning that there's an invisible world that's around us that we do not get to see? Do you believe this morning there's such a thing as angels and such a things as, 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 as spiritual beings that are in heavenly realms? That, that we don't get to look into unless God opens that window of opportunity, opens that door, and makes us to see clearly. It's like putting on a pair of glasses that God gives us at a moment, put them on and say, wow, I didn't know you were standing there. That's the way it is when I don't wear mine. <laughs> but it's something that we never really give much mindset to or much thought to is the fact that there's another thing happening besides what we see on this earth. And sometimes if we don't get it in our mindset, then we don't understand about how God's plan is going to come. And so it's this passage of Scripture. See, some have a hard time believing that there's angels and that they even exist. And it would surprise you how many people are sitting in church pews that do not believe that there's angels. But the Bible has many stories about them and even says that they will return with Christ in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, that they will not they will only be us returning, but it will be the angels of God returning also when Jesus comes that second time. Could you imagine what that sky's going to look like when it's all the saints that have been saved, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and all the angels, the heavenly host? I don't think I would want to be somebody who says, we're going to fight you. It's going to be an amazing thing when the spiritual becomes visible to the earthly. It's going to be amazing moments. Over the history of mankind, there have been stories of angels being involved in men's lives. Men and women's lives. Have you ever had somebody tell you, I've seen an angel? And you go, whatever. How many have been that doubter? Don't raise your hand. I seen an angel this morning when I got up. Mm. She's not in here to hear that, is she? Yeah, oh. burn it. Y'all can tell her. The Bible speaks of angels. Even in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 and 2, it says this, Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. That's literally talking about entertaining those of the invisible world have made themselves visible so that they didn't even know that they were entertaining angels, and some have entertained them. So angels are truly a real thing. An old minister worked in the, into the night on a sermon for his small congregation. His unsympathetic wife chi uh, chided him for spending so much time on a message that so few will appreciate. To this the minister replied, You forget, my dear, how large my audience will be. If angels are looking, nothing on earth is done for Christ is trivial. 
In other words, he prepared his message wasn't just for those that were sitting here, but he prepared them for the angels that would be listening and watching also. It's a mindset of understanding that truly there is a spiritual world, a spiritual thing that we do not see, and it's literally when we start thinking of that that we have an understanding of the message that comes down from heaven. Because there is a message that comes from heaven. See, angels, when we think about them, they are used as messengers, they fight battles, they surrender aid, and they have insight to the overall picture of what will be happening. Those that do not fall with the devil have the heartbeat of God's will. They take on many different assignments from the throne of God, and there are some in the attendance in this service this morning. Amen? Amen? This side believes that. <laughs> there are some in attendance right now in this place. We can't see them, but they are real. In this scene, we see the heavenly beings, the heavenly angels, coming and speaking to the earthly. There's that connection there. But not only that in this scene that we read about this morning, not only that about that, but there's another presence is there that we don't really pay attention to. There's the glory of the Lord in the presence there. There's the glory of the Lord. What? In this moment, this message is coming from heaven. There's the glory of the Lord. There's the, the heavenly beings in there. The glory of the Lord that surrounds them. For the scripture says, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Listen, just for a moment, that white shining cloud of brightness is known among the Jews as the Shekinah glory of God. That white brightness is, is known among the Jews as the Shekinah glory of God. It is His visible token of His presence. It is the, what was appearing at the bush that Moses was drawn to. It is the pillar of fire in the cloud which guided them in the wilderness. In the tabernacle and the temple, over the mercy seat, it was the Shekinah glory of God. On the Mount of Transfiguration, when the three disciples got to see Christ, and, and there in the Mount of Transfiguration, it was the Shekinah glory of God. It was this brightness that got their attention. There's awareness about the Shekinah glory of God. Saul experienced this on the road to Damascus. When Jesus appeared, he had the Shekinah glory of God all over him. I'm going to tell you, if you're going to get somebody's attention, let the Shekinah glory of God come down among us. He stopped Saul in his tracks. It was that same Shekinah glory of God that came upon Christ in His resurrected body and they seen Him in the Shekinah glory of God. What is it? It is that visible presence that God is near. That visible presence. It's been said in some church services where they all get together and they start singing and worshiping God in unison and unities together and God starts to move in the midst of them that the Shekinah glory has come down in the midst of them, my friend. And things happen when God's presence comes down in such a visible way. 
It was the, the, the preacher and the, he was a converted Orthodox Jew, Reuben, uh, Dick Reuben, I believe it was, in, 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 in Florida that was doing the revival and he prophesied in that Brownsville revival that in this church, God's glory going to come down. And in those services, they said that you could literally see the glory, the Shekinah, the glory coming down in the midst of them. And there was miraculous things that took place at that moment. I know I'm saying things that some people have a hard time believing, but why do we hinder or why do we think God can't show up? Mm. So we have the heavenly beings and then we have the Shekinah glory of God's presence at that particular moment. I want you to get that in your mind and in in, in in, in just thinking about it this morning. That these heavenly beings and God's glory is there at this scene and they've got something very special to say. Something very special. See, I too, at that very moment, would probably be greatly afraid. Thinking, oh my word, what have I done? To have that moment. Because listen, we have the all-knowing and all-powerful and all-my-present God with His angels revealing truth about Christmas. It's not some promoter, earthly promoter, but this is the King of kings, this is the Lord of lords, and this is His heavenly host with Him, and it's God's Shekinah glory revealing truth about what Christmas is. Speaking of what it is. We can learn from this moment. And that's what I want to present this morning. The first thing I want to tell you is those that are in the know know the true joy of Christmas. Those that are in the know know the true joy of Christmas. Now we all know what it means to be in the know. That means you have some kind of inside information about something. And we've all been to that moment someone asks you a question you say, well, I never knew that. That's because you weren't in the know. Right? And so you start dialing up, why did I not know this? So those in the know know the, the true joy of Christmas. They heavily leave no doubt of what Christmas is about. The heavenly leave no doubt about what Christmas is about. Listen to what the angels say. In verse 10, they say, we bring tidings of great joy. Who says that? Those that know what the occasion's about. Those that understand of what has just taken place. Those that understood the plan of God. Those that understood what was happening said we bring tidings of great joy. What about that Christmas morning? They said a Savior had been born. In the city of Bethlehem, or they actually say the city of David, well, the reason they say that because sometimes there's confusion between the city of, of, of David being Jerusalem versus Bethlehem. Bethlehem is where David literally was raised. That's why Joseph and Mary had to go back there is because that's where the bloodline was. Later, he's, the city of Jerusalem becomes the city of David. So we understand they're saying this about Scripture that has been fulfilled. The scribes knew this was where the Messiah would be born. It was prophetic that was taking place at that moment. 
And later they would inform the wise men where, the, where Jesus was, the Messiah was supposed to be born, was in Bethlehem. So what's being said, they knew exactly where the Messiah was to be born, and they also knew this, that this was tidings of great joy to be able to say this. Talking about Christ, the Anointed One. Can I tell you this morning, I have been to some reveal parties, and I'm sure some of you have. And I have watched some people go through great extremes just to show whether or not this is going to be a boy or a girl. The creative ways of how the powder will come out of the balloon or the creative ways of all these things. And I've been to one. <laughs> but I've seen some on Facebook. But can I tell you this morning, this whole scene that we're reading about is about that Christmas baby. This whole scene that's been put together by the heavenly, remember we're talking about the angels, which are heavenly beings, and also the Shekinah glory, the whole scene has been put together by God. And He has something that He wants to announce. Hallelujah. Come on now. Get excited a little bit about what He's talking about. He's wanting to reveal. Come on. He's one to reveal. And believe me, the color of the powder would be purple and white. The royalty has come. Hallelujah, because the king has arrived. Jesus has been born. And the Messiah has come into Bethlehem. It's all orchestrated by God himself to reveal what has taken place on that, that morning. It's not about the parents. It speaks of Christ who is laying in the manger. It is also a threaded with, it's threaded throughout with prophecy that is being fulfilled, prophecy that has been fulfilled, and prophecy that's going to be fulfilled. Things that are going to happen in this boy's life that are going to fulfill prophecy in such a way man can't even think how could one person fulfill so many prophetic words. That's Jesus, this baby that's been revealed. It's a big moment for heaven. It's a big moment for heaven. We see life, and whether we get to live a hundred years or however it may be, the only life that we see that we relate with really is the life that we've lived. Heaven's been relating for quite some time about this plan that's going to take place. Come on, they, you think about it. They've been relating for quite some time. This comes from them that are in the know because they understand. Listen, the Christian should Leave no doubt what Christmas is about. Thank you, brother. The Christmas, we, the Christians should leave no doubt about why we do what we do here this time of the year. Colossians chapter 126 says this, The mystery which has been hidden from ages, from generation, but now has been revealed to His saints. Come on, on more than one occasion, Paul has used that word mystery, speaking of the gospel of Jesus Christ, speaking of the purpose of Jesus, how he was born, and how he died upon the cross, how he was raised from the grave. This mystery has been revealed to who? The world? No, it has been revealed to us as Christians. Come on, we are in the know. We know what it is, and why we do this. We are responsible for the knowledge that we have. Christmas is not about a lot of things that we do. And I don't, like I said last week, I love Christmas. 
But we've got to understand this is about Jesus. It's about Jesus because we are in the know. Amen? Aren't you glad that you have some knowledge that the world knows nothing of? Why? God has revealed this mystery to us. See, we should never forget that Christmas is about Jesus coming to save mankind. That's what it's about. That the true joy of Christmas is found only in Christ Jesus. The true joy of it is only found in Him. If we have a big Christmas, we literally should involve Christ somewhere in that Christmas. We should remember why we're meeting. Because somewhere in there we should involve Him. The next thing is those that are in the know share the true joy of Christmas. Those that are in the know know or share the true joy of Christmas. The heavenly shared the good tidings of great joy. Good tidings means good news. Some of your translations will say that. Why good news? I'm going to tell you why it's good news. I'm sure you know. The angels were around when mankind fell. God created man to walk in the, the garden to have fellowship with him. And they seen how God enjoyed. I'm, I'm going to add something to this. They seen how God enjoyed that time with Adam and that time with Eve. They had one thing they should not do and that was eat of the tree of knowledge. They were not to eat of that tree. Everything was good. Inflation was gone. Come on. Didn't have to worry about how many hours they put in a day. Everything was wonderful. And the angel said, look what God has done. Look at this wonderful relationship. And all of a sudden they seen, because remember, the angels do watch. And they seen Eve, oh, don't take that bite. But she did, and then she gave it to her husband. And then from there on, they seen the fall of mankind. They seen sin come in. They seen disease come in. Come on, you can never blame God for diseases because it came in through man. It came in through the fall of man. All that we have, hate, all that stuff came in because sin came in. And literally, the world was, the Bible says the earth was cursed. Man had to start plowing and, and bringing things up through the thorns, and, and women had to have children through childbirth, labor pains. <coughs> All these things had changed. Why? Because of sin that came in. Listen, the angels were there, and they've been waiting patiently. Waiting patiently. They heard in Genesis 3 about how there, there's going to be a seed that's going to crush the head of that old serpent that called mankind to, to fall. And listen, they would have been watching. I know it seems like an eternity for us, but I don't know how time goes in heaven. But I'm going to tell you this much. The day that Jesus was born, they were watching things be fulfilled. They watched Isaiah pin under the anointing of the Holy Ghost that Jesus would come, that there would be a Messiah. They watched Zechariah. And all of a sudden, the things that they have watched and the things that have played out in human beings' life, now they see a day when Jesus is incarnated, incarnated, who the Son of God is incarnated, and now He's come to save. And do what? Bring the right relationship and they know at the end of this thing that sin will be gone and everything 
everything will be made new and everything will be like God wants it to be. Why? Because Jesus Christ came on that Christmas morning. Why do they say great joy? Because they knew this is the best thing, the best gift, the best present that you and I could ever get in our life is the opportunity that comes through that little baby at the manger. Mm. Come on. Sometimes we just don't think on it long enough. I'm going to give you all five minutes and I'm going to start again. <laughs> to think about why they called it good tidings of great joy. Because things are on the process. You may not think it right now, but we are on that process of being made like God wants it to be again. Things will be better over there. Hallelujah, because Jesus came. And see, they, they knew this. There was no doubt to them this was the best news that they ever got to share. And there was no doubt to them that's the best news that humans would ever hear. So they did not keep it back from their audience. They shared with confidence and with the presence of God surrounding them the news of Christ brought great joy. Mm. Is there still joy to you? Remember, those that are in the know share the joy of Christmas. The Christian also should share the good tidings of great joy. The good tidings of great joy. What great news we have to share. Come on, sometimes we need to lay hold of the message that we have the greatest message in the world. We have the greatest news that anybody would ever hear that Jesus came that you may have life. We have the news that says that you, Jesus will forgive you of all your sins. He will make a new man or a new woman out of you. We have the greatest message. We bring great tidings of good news and joy. Sometimes I don't think we feel like we have a message worth sharing. Hmm. I think sometimes we need to look at what these angels did. Man, they had the confidence. They said, let me tell you something. Jesus was born in a manger. And we need to get that same confidence in our lives and realize that we have this great tidings of great joy to share. Because those that are in the know share what they know. Listen, there has been a movement in the church for quite some time that everybody's a prophet. Come on. Or maybe the, you've heard it more that everybody's got a word for you. And, and that type of teaching, they'll do it and they'll say, hey, they'll put it out on the billboard or they'll put it out in the marquee or whatever you want to call it or in the media. Hey, come to us. we got a word for you. And, and they'll use it to draw people in. But can I tell you, there's been many people shipwrecked doing that. And even those that give those false words... And it's like, look at me, I got a word from God. But can I tell you this morning that each one of us have a word from God? 
A word from God has came to us. There's no doubt. I don't have to pray about it. I don't have to search it out. But there's been a word that God has put into each one of us. And that is, I bring you good tidings of great joy that Jesus Christ came to the cross of Calvary. I don't have to look for that. God has implanted it into my heart and into my soul. And He's gave the church the commission to share it. It's the word that Jesus saves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it should bring us great joy to share it. You say, well, pastor, what if they don't receive it? It's not whether they're going to receive it or not. It's whether I'm going to give it or not. Amen? It's whether I'm going to share it. Some people have never had the option to receive it because we haven't shared the great, uh, good tidings of great joy. The angels did with confidence. They shared it. Perhaps we should be more about sharing the word that he's commanded us than looking for all this prophetic stuff. Amen. Come on. I, I tell you, we have tried to grow the church with so much other stuff that has nothing to do with God. True. Maybe the word of God, listen, maybe the word of God with the Shekinah glory on us will actually start winning people. Amen. <laughs> You know, God still grows the church like he did centuries ago. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit being in the midst of the message that brings great joy. Hallelujah. I'm feeling it right now. The glory of God. Those that are in the know, listen, those that are in the know share the joy of Christmas. We share that joy. If I know about it, why am I not sharing it? You know, I'm, I'm that type. You ever watch those commercials? It's a progressive where you got the old folks or the older guy in the, in the, in the hardware store and they just got to step in. Well, you don't want that and this. You know, they give that information and, and you know, it, it's kind of like I was in one store, I think it was Lowe's, and I watched this person. They were struggling, making their mind up. I don't even work at Lowe's, but I'm wanting to go over and say, hey, you probably want this and, and that. And, you know, because what? I had something to share. I don't even know them. <laughs> Come on. And, and Robin's going, oh. <laughs> Hold my arm. Don't do it again. <laughs> and so that's just the way, that's the generation I was raised in. If you look like you need help, I'm going to try to help you. I may not know anything about what you're doing, but I'm going to act like I do. <laughs> Why is it when it comes to the gospel we have a hard time doing that? When the thing that has brought me, I was thinking the other day, the thing that's brought me more joy than anything in my life is Jesus Christ. Come on, the thing that has really touched my, the most inner parts of me has been Jesus. The thing that, that really made tears come down my cheek a while ago when I was singing, holy, 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 is Jesus Christ. Because I think about who I'm singing to. The joy that He's brought into my life, the strength and the, the encouragement and just of that, and I know who He is. Why do I want to keep that from somebody that does not know who Jesus is? See, it's not my, it's not my job. It's God's job. It, it wasn't the angels' jobs to make the shepherds believe. They had to believe what they heard by faith. 
It wasn't like they presented an open picture and say, look right here, see him in the manger? They said where he was. They had to have faith. And when we share the gospel, we need to let those that we're sharing with, let God and the Holy Spirit work on their faith so that they will believe it. But our job is to share the joy because why? We know the joy of what it's about. We know the joy. I literally believe that if the church would get a hold of just sharing Jesus a little more, we wouldn't have to put the fog machines in and turn the lights down and throw the lightning in. Because see, the message Jesus saves. The message is Jesus. It's not about everything else. And that is true. Listen, that is true church growth is when people come into the kingdom of God because we have shared the joy of Christmas. And that's what it's about. It's that time. See, we must believe in what we say. We must have the confidence like the angels did. We must have that confidence. I, I was always impressed when Brother Doyle Jones would come and I need to have him come back. When The confidence that he says, when you come down, you're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And you heard it in his voice and you heard it in the faith. The angels shared with confidence and we must share Jesus, the joy of Christmas, with confidence. Knowing that I know what I'm talking about. I've heard a lot of babblers that try to talk about things they know nothing about and you know good and well they're just just talking but I've heard people that know what they're talking about and you listen to them listen we know why do we know because we're in the know and we should share what we know amen Jesus hallelujah my glasses got blurry We need God's presence. That's why it's critical to be in the presence of God daily. It's critical that we're prayed up and ready to share. Ready for that moment that the Holy Ghost comes on you. Hallelujah. Last thing. Those in the know worship like they know. Almost put an A in there for Tim. Worship the way I normally say it. But those that are in the know worship like they know. Listen to what. I love this scene. It's in Luke 2, 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace, goodwill to men. Everyone was involved in this worship service. Everyone was involved in this moment. The quietest of the angels was singing all he could. You say, Pastor, you weren't there. I know, I'm just making this up. But I can just hear heaven and how it sounded. I can hear Clarence. That's from A Wonderful Life. You'll know who that one is. I can just hear the worship service of heaven. Can you not hear it in your, in your thoughts as the angels, heavenly hosts, how many? Thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon tens of thousands and all of them were singing glory to God in the highest 
Oh my word, if there was a place to put a Pentecostal church, it would have been there at that moment. Because they were having a service of the presence of the Lord. How do you know? Because the Shekinah glory was in the midst of all their singing and God was resonating in the hearts of the shepherd. There is a son born unto you today. In the midst of that worship service in heaven. Oh, it had to be awesome to hear. I want to see the replay of that when I get to heaven. It was amazing because they all got together and they sang. How it must have sounded. The other night we were at a minister's meeting out at Life Channel Challenge for the North Plains section and the pastor and his wife from Canadian led us in some songs. We sang some Christmas songs and then we sang some worship songs and we sang one Christmas and some worship songs. And literally in that little cafeteria at Life Challenge, God's glory started coming down in the midst of that. You could hear it. You could just sense God's presence coming down. And you could hear as everyone in that room was singing unto the Lord. And those that were there will, will test or witness that I'm not exaggerating. You could just sense the presence of God in that place. As we all sing together. I remember in high altitude when we'd have those Oliver and we'd put the high altitude on there in Rio Dosa and, and, and there was something, you know, about a hundred plus men getting together and all singing. It wasn't about, listen, it wasn't about everybody sounding good. I always told Oliver, keep the, keep the music down low enough so that we can, not, not low, low, low. We had some guys say it was way too high, 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 but anyhow, you can never make everybody happy, but but we had, where we can all hear each other singing. And there's nothing like a hundred men singing praise to God. And my friend, we had people filled with the Holy Spirit. We had God, guys healed. We had people saved. And there was a worship service unto the Lord. I'm seeing today the same thing that we find in Him. Those that are in the know worship like they know. Now get what I'm saying. Say, I come to church. I come. I'm, I'm good. I'm glad. So glad to see y'all. I literally, because I don't like just preaching to chairs. You know, back in COVID day, when there, nobody was able to come, there's pastors that would actually put like, like people in their chairs made out of cardboard so they'd have somebody to look at when they preached. But I'm saying today, our, our main deal is not to come and to look at one another, see what we're all wearing. I've had some people, I'll tell you, I look like Christmas this morning. That's okay. But I'm saying we've come together for a purpose. We come together here because we are in the know. The reason I get out of bed on Sunday and come to church is because I know. The reason I get up, the reason I'm pastoring is because I know. The reason I like coming to church is because I know who it is that we come to worship. And His name is Jesus Christ. His name is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, the Trinity above. We come because we know why we come this morning. Because we know. And we come to worship Him. We come to praise Him. We come to lift His name up high because He's worthy of praise and worship. Come on, when we all get together, the thing about it, sometimes we know, but we don't act like we know. <laughs> you know, and sometimes the enemy tries to come in and interfere because he knows there's something about when God's people really unite 
and really come for a purpose of worshiping God, blind eyes are opened, people are healed, people are saved, people are filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, that's why he fights, he fights the unity of the church so much and he'll fight a worship service so much. It's because he knows when God's people get together, there's amazing things that take place. Come on, it, you know, what, what they did, they were unified together and it was scriptural. They gave God the glory. They spoke about God's plan in their song, peace. That's talking reconciliation, peace to all mankind. And then they also, God's will is goodwill to all men if they will but receive Jesus Christ. See, I know one of the things that we have issues with sometimes is what music. Listen, I've learned a long time ago because Brother Slayton, who's now went to be with the Lord, he says, I, I was at a youth camp one time and, and we were singing songs that I did not know. But listen, God was moving among those youth people or the young people. I was young then too. It's in my 30s. And I, I went out to the table and I thought, man, I'd get someone on my side. And I went to Brother Slate and I said, he was sitting at the table. I said, oh, what I would give for I fly away. He says, you need to get over that. And I go, what? He says, yeah, God can move. Watch him. He's moving through these. So listen to me. So I've been flexible for a long time now on music. I love Southern gospel. I love all this stuff. But the thing about me when it comes to music if it's not scriptural, I don't care to sing it. If it doesn't fit the scripture, I don't want it. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I don't want to sing a song that I can sing it to my wife and sing it to the Lord at the same time. The thing about it, though, when we unite, we unite. It's not about what I like, it's what he likes. You know what he likes? He likes our worship in unity. And there, the heavenly host met. Pastor Oliver and the worship team, if you'll come this morning. There they worshiped the Lord. Why? Because they were in the know. They were in the know. Amen. Hallelujah. So why? Those that are in the know... Know the joy of Christmas, the true joy of Christmas. Do you know this morning? The true joy of Christmas is Jesus Christ coming. Those who are there in the know, share the great joy. I'm going to challenge you this morning in closing. Somewhere around that Christmas tree, or maybe sometime in that opening of the package. Would you take a moment to share the great joy? Well, pastor, I'm not a preacher. Some tell me I'm not either. Well, let me tell you. You don't have to be a preacher to share the joy that you have in your heart. You're going to have maybe someone sitting around that really has never heard what Christmas is about. And just a simple reading in Luke chapter 2 about Jesus' story, Jesus' birth. And maybe say a little prayer before that, oh Lord, just touch their hearts.
But why can we go through a Christmas season and never share the joy of Jesus? When we have people in our families and friends around us, they're not experiencing the joy that we have. See, people in the know share the joy. And we are in the know. You say, well, I don't know how they receive it. It doesn't really matter. If they don't ask if you come back next year, it's okay. I'll come over to my house. The joy of Christmas. I challenge you. It may be, it may just be a reminder for some that have are not where they need to be. The joy of Christmas. I challenge you to, to do that. Because see, it's time we need to quit acting like we don't know. Because we do. Those shepherds went to the manger because somebody says, we know it and we're sharing it. 